An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We are here five days removed from the drop of Harry and Meghan on Netflix. Amanda, has your life changed? Harry and Meghan part one. Sorry, Juliet. My bad. (laughs) Unfortunately, we're not five days removed from part two, which is coming out. And we're gonna we're gonna do this again. Ugh. But just a programming note, we'll be doing it on jam session as regular. So next Monday. So evolve the next week to catch up on all six episodes. You know, make a drinking game out of it or something. Get some get some friends involved. (laughs) Have fun. (laughs) We're gonna talk about a lot of other stuff today as well, but just briefly. There's been a lot of, like, ridiculousness happening once again. It's just utterly fatiguing. I mean, I don't know. I have to say, like, nothing major is, is, was revealed in, in the doc, or doc used loosely, in the series, I should say. But, of course, I understand, like, you know, depending on your perspective, you're, you're mad about something. But it's just, like, so tedious at this point. There's not a lot to discuss. This is, like... Two people who have left a family, and I hope that they're able to mend fences and everyone's able to find happiness and peace. Like, it's just, it's so, it's tedious. And I would say that I did have conversations about it with various people in my life. And also at a holiday party this weekend, you know, back in the mix. So I talked about it. But the conversations that I had with every single person who's like a friend of mine, you know, amateur conversations because some of these people actually are in the media, but just like people that I talk to, you know, just like, Hey, I watched this. Everyone's like, this is really boring. And why are we doing this? You know? And like varying a little bit on like, I responded to this a little bit more than that, but everyone was just kind of like, why are we doing this? And then the actual media and then also the media representatives for Harry and Meghan just keep going 
And I wish that everybody would not. I wish that everybody would not. There's so much clarifying happening from the Sussex side of things of like, no, actually we meant this. Not so much, but the fact that there's any is just confusing to me. The thing that I find sort of the most interesting, though interesting used really loosely, on the British side of things, like the British media, which is, you know, really hard on Megan and and pretty indefensible, a lot of the time, and not all the British media, obviously, but like the tabloids, there has been just an absolutely Zepp Ruder-like attention to all of the photographs and footage used in the various trailers for Harry and Meghan parts one and part two. And every time mm-hmm. an image is used out of context or like used as coverage, but is not from the exact moment in question that's being discussed, as the trailer makes it seem, the British media like just loses its mind over this and like uses it as some kind of like grand indictment of who Harry and Meghan are. Amanda, you're shaking your head right now. Why are you shaking yeah, your head? Yeah, well, I was just thinking about one of the actors in that particular media storm is Piers Morgan. Yeah. Who's just like very mad that a photo was misrepresented to portray media intrusion when in fact it was like, whatever. It was a photo from the Harry Potter premiere is what you're referring to. Well, no, but and also something from their Commonwealth tour. Oh, yeah. And they did the like a, a thing, a photo call with Archie, but there's one photo that appears to be pure. I can't believe that I'm already regurgitating like more <laughs> Piers Morgan content than I want to be. Like when you're in the same sentence with Piers Morgan on this stuff, it's just not where you want to be, you know? Yeah, it's through the looking glass. It's just like a hard no for me. Another thing <laughs> that the British in particular seem to be like getting a lot of column inches on is like Megan's reenactment of her curtsy for the queen. Oh yeah, they're like so offended. And people feel that it's like disrespectful. And like, folks, come on. You Let's know? have some like, levity. It's, it's so it's so stupid. I I would say the real issue with that is that like Megan's trying to do like something funny there. Right. And I wouldn't say that like comedic timing is her strong suit. She has other strong suits. So I wasn't like, wow, what a riot. But everyone is just literally clutching pearls. I mean, I think that's like the closest we've ever gotten to that real enactment of that cliche. It's stupid. It's so stupid. Curtsying stupid. So With the photos out of context in the trailers, so as dramatized in the wonderful film, The Holiday, a person who makes a trailer is not necessarily someone who works on the film they are um, doing Mm -hmm. marketing for. And so I don't think Harry and Meghan were like, use this picture, use this. We need coverage here. We need coverage there. Like, I highly doubt they were involved deeply in making of the trailers. I'm sure they saw them before they were released. Liz Garbus very notably, like, kind of had, like, a, a moment with the press where she was like, you can keep asking, like, she was being asked if Harry and Meghan um, had final approval. And she was like, you can keep asking and I will keep telling you it was a collaborative effort. Like, that's the party line and she will not add or say anything else. So I assume that applies to the trailers as well. That said, at this point in the life cycle of Harry and Meghan as public people, which we're, we're approaching year eight, I believe, or year seven, how do they not have someone to anticipate all of these critiques? Like, even if they're totally baseless, I would say they don't necessarily, they haven't demonstrated that they go out of their way to avoid the petty criticism that could be hurled at them. And of course, you shouldn't, like, change what you do for the Daily Mail. But I just feel like there are some unforced errors that could make their life happier if they avoided them. Not only are they not anticipating these things, they are often fanning the flames and engaging in ways that I just... I, I 
have been very frustrated with their press strategy for some time. For a long you time, know. you have been, yeah. For a long time. And I think that we can call it their press strategy because at this point, they have had a number of people come and go. And the constant is Harry and Meghan. And I think that they are completely justified in their, not just frustration, but their like their real you know, Harry's trauma basically from the media and their, you know, belief that life was unlivable because of the way the British press treated them. And I, like, I, I honestly don't think you can argue with that entirely. Yeah, and, and I think that the press coverage of Megan in particular was like quite obviously racist. And why would you want to live through that? So I get all of that. But their belief that they need to respond to and rebut every single thing yeah. with their own is it's just counterproductive yeah. and we got another one this weekend let me read it you know some british tabloids including the daily mail i assume because the daily mail is you know just loves to provoke them expressed displeasure or you know cried hypocrisy at the fact that there were was like personal footage in the, f- the first three episodes which it if you recall i, I quite like the personal footage Same. Like, wow you guys would be really good at instagram And they were like, you said you wanted privacy and now you're putting it out or this is, you know, whatever the tablets. Here is a statement that they released in response to their statement announcing their decision to step back mentions nothing of privacy and reiterates their desire to continue their roles and public duties. Any suggestion otherwise speaks to a key point of this series. Like literally, what are you talking about? Like what, what are you talking about? Okay. And I, I, and I feel for this press person, well, I don't feel for this press person, but uh, you know, you you know what job you were taking. But like, guys, just ignore them. Just don't issue a statement. Don't issue a statement. Sometimes yeah. you don't have to issue a statement. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's my free media advice to you. Stop. <laughs> I know. And also, I will say, I think that both Megan's podcast, which is a Spotify podcast, is really well made and puts her in a position to express herself in a way with much more nuance than than she's often afforded, which is, like, one of the reasons podcasting is great. Similar with this series on Netflix. Like, it allows them to say their piece, and they should just let it stand on its own, you know? Like, don't undercut your own work. But it's just, like, I agree with all of that. And it's also, like, at some point, the more you respond to this, the more they're going to keep going. Yeah. And I and I do think that they're... I think that we as adults can understand the difference between taking a real stand against, like, the unlivable conditions and illegal and racist practices of the tabloids writ large, which I think, like, all of that is pretty well documented, whether Definitely. you're talking about phone tapping, whether you're talking about the coverage, like that, you know... We can all take a stand against that and say, this is not okay. And like, you just don't have to respond to every comment. Like, and I, and I literally mean like comments on posts, <laughs> which like is, they are like spotlighting and it's just Streisand effect. As you said, at some point you give these people oxygen, they keep taking oxygen. And then we all, like everyone else has to talk about it too. And you're almost like tormenting yourself more because you just keep living all We're of this all garbage like, ourselves these people but like like harry and megan should not read the comments you know like for say, their own health don't TLDR, read the comments log off log off step away you don't got to respond to everything you can respond to the big things like be principled and like and like lead the charge on this honestly i think they 
have like a great case to make as people who like do work against bullying and against online harassment. Yeah, and, definitely. And like media protections. You can do that work and still not issue this like absolute ridiculous statement. It wasn't about privacy. Like, what are you talking about? It's okay to want some privacy. I know. Just like, let it go. <laughs> it totally makes no sense. No one was mad. <laughs> Log off, guys. Amanda's really, she just face palmed. You, you all can't see it, but Amanda's I just, face I like, I would like to help. And I am just <laughs> screaming into the void, you know? And they're not going to log off. There are three more episodes of this. And then like a lot more oh, statements Harry's to novel. come. And I, I mean, just, Harry's memoir, excuse me. I'd rather a novel. Oh. You know what I've been thinking a lot about? What? The Fug Girls and the Royal We and the Air Affair. Yeah. The Fug Girls. <laughs> That's their moniker online, but... I just would really like another novel to like help me understand this from Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. Like that would just be really great right now. I hope they're watching. I hope they're planning on giving us something. Yeah, I'm just Heather it out Cox there. and Jessica Morgan should be like advertising them press wise. Like anybody. Oh <laughs> my god, Ad- advising them press wise. Yeah, I I like those novels. I especially like the first one. The second one, I, you know, it yeah. got a little loose, but that's that's okay. Yeah, agreed. All right. Let's move on. And reminder, TLDR, sign off, guys. Log off, as the kids say, or kids used to say. Now they've all grown up. Today, the Golden Globe nominations were announced for an in-depth discussion from the movie perspective. Check out The Big Picture with John Fennessy and our very own Amanda Dobbins and a special guest who I heard is Amanda's husband on today's episode. Check them all out. We are here to discuss this from a celebrity perspective. First of all, Amanda, will you be watching the Golden Globes, which will be on television again for the first time in a few years after, as we previously discussed, NBC declined to air it because the HFPA had zero members of color in its ranks. And there were some other incidents involving possible payola. There was obviously the incident involving Brendan Fraser um, being groped by a former member of the HFPA. At a lunch, that member denies it and is now also no longer a part of the HFPA because of other incidents. Yeah, a mess. So I will be watching the Golden Globes on Tuesday, January 10th, because I am professionally obligated to. But number one, were you aware that it's airing on a Tuesday? I had no idea. Actually, I was just scanning this deadline article to find the date that it was on, and I couldn't even really find it. So... Tuesday, January 10th, I know because I just put it in my calendar to make sure that I'm not on primary childcare duty that night. Yeah. Why? So number they, one. Is this all they had the budget for or Tuesday? No, I think it was the NBC was like, you can come back, but we are not preempting Sunday night football for you. So you get a Tuesday. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Sunday night football is one of my favorite TV shows, but that's so insane. Yeah. Or I guess it would be playoffs then. Maybe yeah, there's not that's even... Yeah, I just thinking. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. Maybe the NFL had already moved its schedule. Who can say? Anyway, NBC was like, you can come back, but you only get a Tuesday. So now that you have that information, will you be watching the Golden Globes? Hmm. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. I feel like we did... We had a whole long conversation about all aspects of this and, you know, what it means for the awards and... Brendan Fraser had previously announced, even before he was nominated, that he would not be attending because the HFPA has never apologized to him. And so, you know, last year there was a ceremony that was like tweeted out or something, but most people didn't go. So we talked about, well, people go. Why did the Golden Globes need to come back? Like, what's its like place in the awards ecosystem? Like all of this stuff. But like, 
for a person who doesn't, you know, host the big picture for a living or part of a living, why would you watch an award show on a Tuesday night? Like, I feel like that's it. Case closed. It's over. I also just want to say, like, if you're looking for answers in how the HFPA, like, is thinking, and, like, if you're looking for answers to all of Amanda's questions based on the list of nominees, you will not find any because this is such a schizophrenic list. Like, best, and, and of course, the Golden Globes nominations often are because it's, like, big tent and they just try mm-hmm. to, like, get a lot of people involved. But, like, this is bizarre. Best motion picture drama. Avatar, The Way of the Water. Amanda, have you seen this yet? I'm going tonight. It's oh my three God. hours and 10 minutes. How long? Three hours oh, and right. 10 minutes. James Cameron says, if you go to the bathroom, it's fine. You'll catch it the second time around. Yeah. I plan to see this for the 3D because when I saw the water droplets in 3D in 2009, I was blown away. So I, I've, been yeah. wait, I've been waiting for part two for the last 13 years. So one thing, okay, well, <laughs> we're going to do a deep dive on that later. Uh, <laughs> James Cameron and I love the deep sea. <laughs> yeah. I also love the sea. I don't know. I know if I love the deep sea. One thing we've learned is like, if you underestimate James Cameron, you're wrong, you know? I do. I I do plan to see this movie. I'm more excited about this than I am about Top Gun. I'm sorry. That's a a third podcast that we'll be doing where we like work through some friendship issues like on (laughs) on mic. But okay. Avatar. Avatar, The Way of Water. Elvis. Yeah. The Fablemans. Yes. Steven Spielberg's autobiographical film that I liked very much that literally no one has seen. Go ahead. Tar, starring Kate Blanchett, which is like the cool indie pick, like your friend on Twitter really liked Tar. And I loved Tar. So well, my friend on, on Twitter really liked Tar. Her name's Amanda Dobbins. And I'm your friend in real life, but keep going. <laughs> and you don't tweet. And then Top Gun Maverick, which I, yeah. I can't comment on. But like, this is a really, this is a really weird group of movies. Also, so, like, is Avatar The Way of Water a drama? Like, what is it? I don't, well, so, that that is the one question but so i'll have you know that this is like very consensus in terms of the awards conversation this like it's funny that you described it as chaotic because i think that the golden globes played it like incredibly safe mm-hmm. in terms of like critical and awards understanding of like what movies will be nominated and what will be in the in the conversation i haven't seen avatar yet but you know it's james cameron and Avatar is the most successful box office movie of all time. So, you know, you got to assume he's going to he's going to do it again. Whether it's a drama, I mean, it's not a comedy or a musical. No, it's not. So, yeah, it's an it's underwater epic. You know, an ecological fable? I just have a question. It's not even underwater, right? Like I just it's like Once so- again, I'm seeing it tonight. I mean, there's a lot of CGI and 3D. I I'm Assuming that I'm going to be taken underwater, whether it's animated water or I think it's animated. But water, is the Navi? I don't remember. Though I, I though, though I loved sure. Avatar, I don't remember. I also did only loved it for the, honestly for the special effects. I was like, wow, this is cool. I also think there's right. obviously but, a problematic so did, movie. So did the rest of the world, and that's fine. Like that's you know that too can be the power of cinema. <laughs> 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 but. <laughs> I so the, the Navi primarily lived in like around a, a, a sacred tree right. in the first one. Right, right, right. On a planet right. called Pandora. Right. Oh wow, look at me go. And where Pandora was one of the world the universe's great sources of unobtainium. Right. Which is literally what the was called. So I don't know what's I don't know what's up with the water in Avatar 2. Is Australian Sam back? Sam Worthington? 
Sam didn't As have a Jake career. Sully, yes, I believe that he is. I yes. thought that Sam didn't have a career was going to be really famous, but he right. wasn't. It didn't. That didn't work out for him. But maybe again, I believe he has a whole family <laughs> in the way of water. <laughs> this whole thing's so absurd. I can't wait. It's no, it's preposterous. Yeah. Can we? It's can we go as long? Can we go to the best actress drama list? Because yeah. it's like let's. It's let's like do it. It's to your to your word. Heavy consensus. Kate Blanchett, Tar. Olivia yeah, Colman. Probably going to win. Empire of Light. What's that movie? That's a Sam Mendes' drama about, you know, like how movies taught him about life or whatever. I have not okay. seen it yet because it's been so widely critically derided. Got and it. it was like that movie was not important enough for me to drive across town to see before it was released okay. in theaters. Got it. Even though I do the big picture. So there you go. Okay. Viola Davis and The Woman King, which is like yeah. one of the box office smashes of 2022 and un- underrated. Really fun movie. And I mean, she's obviously very good at it. Anna de Armas, the internet's yeah. favorite actress, playing Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. Yes, this was sort of a surprise because Blonde is absolutely atrocious. I, like Anna de Armas is, it's not her fault. I think she's pretty good. And it's really just that the script and the idea of Marilyn Monroe and also like women is offensive, I would say. One of <laughs> the worst movies I've seen this year. But it was not expected that she would be nominated for it because like most people did not like Blonde. But she went through a lot. And as you noted, internet's favorite actress. And then Michelle Williams playing Mitzi Spielberg or whatever, Mitzi Fableman in, in The yes. Fablemans. Yes. So <laughs> this, is, this is four extremely decorated, beloved, and highly celebrated actresses in mm-hmm. Anna Darmus, who is, yeah. you know, the queen of the memes. So yes. this is also like, yeah. I don't know, this is doing it for the memes, right? Like this is for hoping to get a Michelle Williams speech about equity, hoping to get an Anna de Armas red carpet moment. Well, they're not going to get a Michelle Williams speech because, I, I, I mean, I guess I don't know. And the HFPA has claims that it has really added new members well, and I, has a new, like, whatever. But I assume Kate Blanchett will win this. I feel like Viola Davis seems like she could probably win too, just given the membership and just, like, liking that movie or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, who is in the HFPA continues to be a secret despite all of the recent we've changed, you know, memes and interviews. So I don't totally know. I think that Kate Blanchett, Kate Blanchett, like pretty much has the Oscar sewn up. And if they liked Tar enough to nominate it in Best Picture Drama, then that probably means that Kate Blanchett will get this one. So then it's really just like, who else do you want to have at your award ceremony? And I guess it's lots of really famous actresses. I will say, I feel like the rest of this list is a lot more ups, like kind of like upscale than they often go at the Golden Globes. However, I'm really yeah. surprised Michelle Yeoh was not nominated. She was, but just in Best Picture Musical or Comedy. Oh, I didn't see that. So Everything Everywhere All at Once is nominated in The Daniels, the director nominated, Kiwi Kwan, who is, I think, kind of the leader for supporting actor at the Oscars now, was nominated in Best Supporting. But Everything Everywhere All at Once is competing in comedy, musical or comedy. Got it. Um, So, you know. Okay. We'll see. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Let's move to the TV list because it's, okay. it's also pretty fucking weird. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to read to you the best actress in a television series drama from most straightforward to absolutely insane decision. Okay. Zendaya, Euphoria. She won last yes. year. Very good actress. Universally beloved. Great. <laughs> Laura Linney, Ozark. Once again, very good actress. Universally beloved. Just, just everyone's favorite. Everyone loves Ozark. Great. Okay. Next, Imelda Staunton playing the Queen of the Crown. It's like obligatory. Sure. If, if you don't nominate the woman who played Queen Elizabeth, what are you even doing? Right. Emma Darcy, who plays the adult version of the Targaryen in House of the Dragon. I forget her name for the moment. Also, it, Emma uses they pronouns. Excuse so. me. Yeah. Emma Darcy. Correct. Thank you. And then finally, which is like good. Although I wonder if Emma Darcy like wants to be nominated for an actress. I did wonder about that. Also, I, I stopped watching this show before it, the time jump, so I, I can't comment on any aspects of it. Well, I like this show. Emma Darcy's good on it, I guess. I don't know. It's a, it's a fun show. It's, it's, it's no White Lotus, but it's fun. Okay. And then finally, Hillary Swank in a television show called Alaska Daily. Amanda, were you aware of Alaska Daily? No, I still think it might be made up, but well, it's kind of... Is it real? It's real because I see commercials for it during Grey's Anatomy. So I, I know it's real. But like, this is insane. It's actually like weirder than nominating like Mark Harmon from NCIS. Like this is such <laughs> a bizarre that's, nomination. But Hillary Swank is a, you know, Oscar winner. So I guess that's what they wanted. I guess. Oh my God. So, so, so weird. And then on the drama sides, Jeff Bridges and the old man. I've, I've never heard of, the, heard of the old man then you do not listen to Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. This is actually, I, I think you listen to The Watch Plenty. They loved the first few episodes of this and then it apparently drove off such a cliff. I watched one episode, was like, this is not for me because Jeff Bridges was just like fighting someone in the dark for 15 minutes and you just couldn't see anything. <laughs> it was apparently good and then not good. But the, but the boys, like, I, I felt 
like boys got excited about it for a while. Sure. And, and I'm sure many women did too. And I don't mean to exclude them, but you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. Okay, drop jumping down. Best actress in a limited series. I mean, this is ridiculous. Je- this is a great list, but ridiculous. Jessica Chastain and George and Tammy. Yeah, it. which is a show. Yes, TV show. I plan to watch it. I'll report back. Julia Garner and Inventing Anna, which is a bad show. And I'm predisposed to like this show because it's from Shondaland. Right. But I would say, like, this show sucks. Yeah. Lily James and Pam and Tommy, which is also, I heard, bad. Did Julia Roberts it. and Gaslit. Yeah. She was snubbed in the musical or comedy for Tickets <laughs> Paradise category. So here she is, though, in Gaslit. So she'll be there. And Amanda Seyfried in The Dropout. So sure. once again, this is like four heavy hitters in one meme girl. Like Lily James is the meme. And Jessica okay. Chastain, Julia Garner, Julia Roberts, and Amanda Seyfried are like decorated actresses. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that they're doing a great job here. You know, I, it's, I, I like most of these people and it's cool to be nominated, I guess. And now that we've seen Jennifer Lopez halftime, we know that people really do take the Golden Globes <laughs> seriously when they're nominated, which is still one of the just most jarring things that I've, I've seen. I, I don't know what to say. I, I will watch it. Gerard Carmichael is hosting it, which it, That's cool. you know, is cool. He's really funny. And the Golden Glo- I mean, this is the thing is that the Golden Globes historically were problematic, to say the least, and a punchline, and also the most fun awards show because it was TV and movies. It was fe- festive. They, they had, like, good luck with hosts. So, you know, they would at least put on a show. I just don't feel like anyone's going to watch the show on a Tuesday night, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think that they this, this list reflects a desire to be taken seriously. But, yes, but botched. And I don't know. Yeah. No, I would agree that they are trying to be responsible, quote unquote. And there's nothing zany. And that was actually kind of secretly the fun part of the Golden Globes, in addition to like the quote party atmosphere, was that someone like random, you know, like has how many. Well, like Billy Crudup on Morning Show is like a different example and he won an Emmy, which is also amazing. But, you know, like Julia Roberts from Ticket to Paradise would have been nominated five years ago and random people that you just want to see in an award show. And they aren't having fun anymore. It it doesn't seem like it's going to be festive in the same way. It's not going to be Christine Lottie in the bathroom. So she misses winning her award, you know? Right. Exactly. And I shout out to Chicago Hope. A great show. Right. I like I don't know people barely tune into awards shows anyway now. I, I well, I don't know. I also just want to note this is like staggeringly not diverse. This is a very very white list of of nominees. Very true. And very true. So if they're if they equate like seriousness and like cinematic and f- filmic heft with like you know, with these movies like fine, but I don't think that the wrongs are being righted necessarily by this new HFPA membership that we don't even know what it is. This is like a really, really, as you it's like just like a really white list. Yes. Like kind of staggeringly so. No women directors nominated. Like many of the films that focus more on women were not nominated in the the best picture category. Yeah. Yeah. But and also no, like, you're right. For all the jokes about Avatar, like, and I'm the one making the jokes, I also will say like Avatar was and is like a very problematic movie with a lot of cultural appropriation and not so subtle racism in it too. So 
I, you know, I, I think that also like that is not really being contended with either. Yeah, I mean, we haven't, we have not seen the new one. So no, who can, I, yeah. I, I don't know about The Way of Water, but Avatar 1 was like, you know, had a lot of, just had a, a lot of problems with it that I think also would play even differently now. So I don't know. This I, I think I'm out, Amanda. I think I'm taking You're back out. my January 10th. I think I'll make plans. Okay. Or you know what? I'll watch it the next morning and I'll fast forward through the commercials. Why in God's name would you watch an award show the next morning? To be able to do a podcast about it. Okay, but can't you just watch clips? Mm, uh, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I will say the other thing is I find Twitter so unpleasant now that... It is so junky. It's terrible. It's so junky. It's it's sort of like having gone from reading The New Yorker to reading like The Penny Saver. It's really, yeah. really horrible. And so there's not even like the fun communal experience anymore. It's like I have to be like just barraged with tweets from or about Elon Musk that I didn't ask for. So... right. Yeah, he's been muted. It does feel like the the live aspect of the award show, which was already almost on its way out, is now completely gone. Yeah. And I just don't know what the point is without that. Yeah. You know? I agree with you. Okay. All right. Well, good luck, everyone. I look forward to looking at the slideshows and I look forward to fast forwarding through it the next morning. Okay. And, and Amanda's busy on Tuesday, January 10th. So yeah, don't, don't call don't, me. Don't text her. <laughs> Next, Jingle Ball is still something that happens. Amanda, have you ever gone to a radio show Christmas concert, like the Jingle Ball I have Ball been circuit? to the Jingle Ball. In New York City? Yes. Z100? Yes. Wow. I went to the Z100 Jingle Ball. It was the year, I believe, One Direction mm. performed and Taylor Swift performed with Ed Sheeran. And... I'm going to guess that was 2013. That sounds right. No, I think... Yeah, it could have been 2013. Anyway, I went in my capacity as a as someone who worked at Vulture for New York Magazine, and I befriended. I, I like went with another friend, but then there were a lot of teenagers there, and there was one young teenager who asked if I would help walk her out to find her mom after the show so she could text her mom and let her know that she would be safe. And I was like, I'd love to. And then I asked the teen a lot of questions about what she thought about Ed Sheeran in One Direction. And I had a fantastic time. So I felt like I, you know, I got the teen experience, even though I wasn't a teen. So I think about the Jingle Bell fondly. I always wanted to go. I've never been. Pretty sad. But yeah, I like always really wanted to go. Actually, okay. you know, maybe one day in the future. So. Katie Holmes went to the Jingle Ball in New York. So I also just want to note, now that iHeartRadio basically has a monopoly over yeah. pop music, uh, terrestrial radio here in America, it's just like, it's like a tour. Like, it's basically the same show right. in every city, which I guess like, I don't know, I guess that makes sense, but it's like a li little bit of a bummer. Can I just say, I just remembered that I also went to one in Atlanta before wow. it was um, centralized. Yeah, but it was a year. I went to um, see the Cardigans because it was right after love the Romeo me, and Juliet soundtrack. Yeah, so I, yeah. Love Fool. Um, and, or maybe it wasn't right after then, but I, the Cardigans were a draw for me. And then Bare Naked Ladies was also there. It's been. Yes, exactly. And they did sing one week. It was at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Thank you so much to everyone who brought these mini festivals together for me. Anyway. The 90s had some great bops. Anyway, yeah. Katie Holmes, 90s darling, went to Jingle Ball in New York last week and just wore an incredibly perplexing outfit. It looked like she bought a dress the last minute at like Wet Seal and 
tried it on over the outfit she was wearing when she entered Wet Seal, which was like a pair of baggy jeans that are long enough that if it were raining, her entire jeans would get really wet by absorbing the water on the ground, and New Balance sneakers. And she wore the dress as like a top over this ultra-casual jeans and sneakers look. Like, it literally looks like an outfit that I would have tried on when I was in seventh grade at Lord of the Flies on 74th and Broadway in the year 1999. Like, this is so perplexing. So I was going to update it. I was going to move it forward just a couple of years. Like, this looked like an outfit that people were trying to wear when I was in college in like 2002 and 2003. But were they trying to wear it like, were they trying to wear, like, a flowy top? Like, what I would call a going-out shirt that had, like, an ampere waist? Yeah, but at some point, the going-out shirt evolved into wearing the dress over the jeans. Mm. And you had the jeans that were, like, dragging in the rain. And then, you know, these sneakers. Like, this is the thing. If we can... If this is, like, the end of clothes that I tried to wear in college are back, then I'm happy. Like if Katie Holmes has reached the end of the experiment with this and we can like move (laughs) on, then I thank her and for bringing me a sense of peace and like we can leave this behind. But it was like, it was grim what was happening in college. I didn't, I didn't try this exactly, but because I, I don't know, I never did the new balances, but it's, it's tough. It's really, she looks beautiful, you know? And in some ways, it's like, she still looks, you know, like, it could be Katie Holmes 2002. Katie but it's Holmes's not. hair and makeup looks great. Katie Holmes's outfit is really right. alarming. Right. I, that's what I meant to clarify. <laughs> I meant as a person, she's very beautiful. Her style is... It's just bringing back some things. I it don't looks want. like it's a mistake. Tough. It looks like she was like, "No, I don't actually want to wear this dress. I'm going to be cold or uncomfortable. I'm putting my jeans and sneakers back on." I think what was most chilling to me was that I immediately recognized it as like, "Oh, you're doing this 2002 thing." Like, "Oh no!" Like you guys thought that this would be doing a look, and I'm like, "The look didn't work." But yeah, the, I think the intentionality was to me the scariest part. Uh, It's really upsetting. I have to say, as someone who's still wearing sweaters from high school, I guess, like, I have to... I I can relate on that level of, like, wanting to keep wearing things that you really liked when you were 15. But, like, as previously discussed, I'm talking about a a cotton cable knit sweater from the Ralph Lauren outlet. This is a styling (laughs) issue, you know? Yeah. It's not... It's not good. I really, like... I'd like to do an investigative report into... Yeah her stylist for this event because this is fucking crazy. It's such a bad outfit. (laughs) Okay, moving on. I just wanted to share some personal news, a personal update. Great. Did you see that I added a second personal Mm -hmm. thing here for you to discuss? Yes, they're they're related. Thank you so much, Amanda. You're welcome. I was at a loss for something to watch over the weekend. And so I had seen someone like Instagram about the Zoe Deutsch like Christmas rom-com that I thought like could potentially be good. It's called Something from Tiffany's. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with this? No. Well, it stars Zoe Deutsch. It's based on a chiclet book that I haven't read. It co-stars the absolutely stunningly handsome Kendrick Sampson, who you might know from Insecure. Also, Shay Mitchell's in it, who I know is famous, but I've literally never seen her before. So I was like, wow, who is this person? <laughs> and... I, it was awful. It was really upsetting. It was like, 
reminded me of the the Netflix rom coms like four or five years ago, but yeah. like not. You sm- watched all of those, yes. Though. But this has like zero cleverness in it, and it was just like so bad. And I was annoyed because it really like just uses a lot of rom com shorthand instead of like actually being clever or have good writing. And it just like made me it just made me really angry. And I and I also like. Carrie Bradshaw voice couldn't help but wonder what happened to Zoe <laughs> Deutsch's career. I thought after rom com Netflix rom com set it up, she was like gonna be famous, but she's not. Me too. And Glenn Powell has gone on to do great yeah. things in films you haven't seen yet. So this is a this is a this year romantic comedy. Yes, on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. It's about two guys go to Tiffany's to get their respective gals' gifts. One buys an engagement ring, one buys earrings. The one who gets earrings gets hit by a car and, like, the one who gets the ring, like, kind of helps him, like, live. Not, I don't want to say save his life. And in that moment, they switch bags by accident. So one guy accidentally proposes to his fiance. The other one doesn't. And they have to, like, get the ring back. And then, and then they switch. So the switching right. happens really early. And in fact, the description of this film on Amazon Prime is, like, a, a ring mishap leads... Zoe Deutsch's character to the man she's actually supposed to be with. So it's like... Okay. It's, Spoiler. It's yeah. so bad. I, I was just really disappointed. I don't know. I just don't really know. I don't know what to do with myself in this rom- this rom-com fallow era, age era. And also I'm confused about Zoe Deutsch. She must like be unpleasant or something. Well, don't speculate. We don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's not the only reason. I mean, this is the thing also is that it's not her fault that the rom-coms are all terrible now. So, you know, she keeps trying, hoping that she'll make a good one, hoping that she'll get a, you know, happiest season, you sure. know, rather than a last Christmas. But I understand that this is on an even different level, especially budgetarily, which is another issue. You know, they're spending $5 on it. I think also, I, I, maybe I'm just more aware of it because I'm paying attention for the first time, but I feel like there's more chiclet romance novels than ever because I think they sell really well. They do. Uh, yeah. And also, I, I think book talk is a major part of that yes. phenomenon. And I think it's affecting the movies that we women are, are targeted for. So do better. Oh, so you think you think it's, that's interesting. I would have said that it is like the hallmark channelification. Of, I think it's that too. Of Netflix in particular, which has had a lot of success with the Christmas Prince and Christmas Prince 2 and Christmas Prince Swap or whatever. I don't know. And that those can be made so cheaply that instead of spending a bit more money and time on the script for something like Set It Up, which is a movie you and I both really enjoyed, they just pump out this nonsense. And then all of the other streamers follow that production model. It's a tough break. I think it's both. I think it's also just, yeah. I, I think you're, you're right. It's a bummer. Also in rom-com news, there was, a room, uh, there was a nasty rumor going around last week promulgated by who else other than the Daily Mail that there was going to be a sequel to The Holiday starring recently unretired Cameron Diaz. Well, it's not true. Don't believe it. I know it's not true because Nancy Myers posted on Instagram about it. But I will say they should make this film because people really want it. There was a lot of interest in this fake holiday sequel. I mean, what are we waiting for? Cameron Diaz is back. Is she? What's she back in? Over the summer, there was a moment where there was an announcement that Cameron Diaz is unretiring to star in something I really care about. Oh, right, with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, who I also yeah. really love. Right, so, so and everyone was very excited. It's called <laughs> Back in Action, believe it or not. 
you felt moved to just share this with people on your Instagram as a PSA. I, I also did get, get tagged in a lot of things and I declined to correct those people with my true feelings about the holiday. But I, I don't know why they don't do it again. Nancy Myers immediately posted that this was just a rumor. I, the people seem to want it. The people love it. It's a great movie. It, it's okay. What would your holiday two be about? Pitch it to me now. Holiday two is about the the daughters of Jude Law mm-hmm. somehow switching places with the children of Jack Black and Kate Winslet. Are they of age now? I think Jude Law's daughters are. Maybe it's like a college okay. thing, like college. Oh, so it's exchange. like a study abroad situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, and then, are Cameron Diaz and Jude Law still together? Definitely. Don't are you believe in Kate true love? Wins- are Kate Winslet and Jack Black still together? Oh, yeah. Come on. Jack Black. That, that Jack Black character is not a divorce guy. Come on. Okay. If you say so. So <laughs> Maybe I, you would want to divorce him because you find him so annoying, but he wouldn't allow it. Sorry. Well, there's no blockbuster for him to haunt anymore. <laughs> the one true. thing about your pitch is that if it were like college study abroad, then you don't really get the interiors at the caliber that we expect from both an Nancy Myers film and also the holiday. Like, you know, the cottage is a major part of the draw, in my opinion. Of course. So yeah. you'll have to noodle on that a little. Okay. I'll come back next week with a better pitch okay. for you. Okay, great. That's it for this week, everybody. Next week, yeah. we will talk about Harry and Meghan part two. Hopefully we all survive that. Hopefully they survive that. And some year-end stuff. I think it's going to be our last jam session of the year. I think so, too. So looking forward to it. Have a great week. Thank you to our producer, Jade Whaley. And we will talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.